a meeting and we talked about how can we summarize what, the, what some of the major challenges are for the church family here. Uh, David and I particularly were talking about this and we came to the conclusion that one of the things that that all of us experience are, are changes, changes in life. Uh, let me just kind of pause for a second in, 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 in this story about our, uh, to, um, to engage you because um, I want the word of God to be applicable to everybody in the room, um, whether they're, well, the real young people left, but wherever you are, I want the word of God today to be received by you and you can use it to apply to your own life. And so in the context of that, we'll talk about changes. Since changes are common to all of us, I want you to engage with me just for a minute as I talk about as I kind of review some of the changes. And as, we, as I mention them, I'd like for you to think in your life, hmm, am I experiencing this kind of change? Am I going through this kind of experience? Because I want each of us to listen to the word of God in the context of how does it relate to my own life and the experiences that I'm going through. So we talked about all kinds of changes. Uh, David is responsible for our, our children and teens and the youth of our church. And um, one of the changes that we see is, 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 is changes in growth. There, you know, the, we have what we call hand babies to toddlers to primary. And I suppose we could carry that change all the way through in terms of age. Um, Childhood, teenager, you know, uh, and as you, as a person moves through these changes, they have new challenges. Sometimes there are very good things that come out of them. Hey, I'm finally a teenager. I used to be one, they, they kind of pushed me off to the side, but now I'm a teenager. And they go into that with excitement. But then sometimes as a teenager, they say, well, I used to have the protection of high school. Now I'm thrown out here in this world and they expect me to act like an adult. You know, so sometimes you have all kinds of reactions and responses to moving through these changes. But I'd like you to review in your own mind where you are along this uh, childhood, teenager, young adult, middle age, senior. I've had, I, 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 I confess, I'm in the senior category and I've had some discussions with people who are either approaching or in the throes of uh, senior life. Uh, you know, the senior category. And it's kind of interesting some of the discussions that take place as a result of uh, people making that change. Some people become a senior kicking and screaming. Uh, they don't want to, they, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say too much about that because you may be able to identify some of us that are struggling <laughs> like that. But some dye their hair and some, uh, oh, well, you could go on and on and on. Uh, but they say, no, I don't really want to be, uh, you know. So that's one of the kind of changes. 
Um, some of the changes that some of us experience in the general headline of health is physical ability. At some point, you were able to go out and play in 95 degree, well, maybe not 90, yeah, I'll confess. At one time in my life, uh, it was nothing to be out playing golf, uh, and it was 95 degrees. Now, I would think that as maybe, if, if I had to do that today, that would be, you need to check my mental health <laughs> as to whether I was severely depressed uh, wanting to leave here or something. Uh, uh, and so, um, our physical ability, as 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 we, is different. Uh, and uh, if you doubt me on that, talk to some of the some of the old men, particularly because they can tell you of great exploits that years ago they were able to do. And now, well, those are just good, rich stories. Um, and um, s certainly. Um, Mental awareness and sharpness also changes in, in life. Sometimes, at certain times of your life, you're able to really apply yourself mentally and you have to be very focused. And then sometimes later in life, when that challenge is not there, your, your mind kind of goes to jello and take you a while to kind of really focus and really make good decisions and, and process things through mentally. People go through changes on that. And sometimes that's not an issue, but sometimes that's a real issue. Because if you carry it on farther, as people uh, sometimes experience things like senility, uh, they really hurt as they move into that kind of state of mental awareness, trying to think back when they used to be sharp and, and you know, so that's a real change. And then the whole change of illness. Some people experience illness. Some, you know, just every once in a while a cold or something. But some people have chronic illnesses that linger with them. And they remember the time in which they were healthy and whole and hearty. And now they are restricted to certain kinds of activity because of certain illnesses. So just think through this so that those things that are relevant to your own situation make a little a little check as we go through uh, uh, this word of encouragement that I want to bring. And then, of course, uh, spiritual. We all experience a spiritual life, and uh, it goes through changes as well. As a new believer, there were characteristics and ways that we expressed, oh, man, thrill and excitement. You know, I once was dead. You know, just three weeks ago I was dead, and today I'm alive. And of course, the response to that sometimes, oh my, is is is, is tremendous. Um, uh, and then we go through discipleship, and we're taught the Word of God and the ways of God, and um, uh, how we should move on toward what the Scriptures refer to as maturity. That the Scriptures imply that we shouldn't just stay a new believer, but that we should grow and develop and, and become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. There should be some changes that take place. And if you're, if you're not changing, that's something that you ought to be kind of concerned about. If you, if you over the long term, 
don't grow or develop or in some kind of way change, that may signal some other things that you need to address. All right? So new believer, discipleship, maturity, our own development uh, in our own spiritual life is a change that some or, or most of us, I should say all of us, uh, at least should be aware of. And then I think about things like learning. Uh, in most of our lives, uh, there was a phase when we were a student and we went through some kind of learning or developing some kind of ability or, or, or intelligence or, or whatever we, we learned. And we graduated from it and we became maybe, uh, we, we started practicing whatever we learned. We became uh, an employee, a teacher, or some kind of way in the whole learning there was change. And then, uh, you know, that occupation, that thing that occupied our time and resources has a tendency of, as life goes on uh, to come to an end and we anticipate things like retirement. And we are able to tell great stories about how when I was in the work world, when I was back there, I was doing this and, you know, I can tell you stories. I'm, oh, I used to go around the world. Well, now it's just big stories now, you know, because I've retired. Now, that doesn't make that bad or good one way or the other, but I just wanted us to, at least for each of us individually, to anticipate that all of us are experiencing change. Here's a couple of other things that you might think if I haven't, if I, if, if so far I haven't come up with a category that's relevant to your own situation. Finances. Um, what kind of wages do you have? At some point in your life, you probably, some of us had to start out with minimum, sub-minimum wage. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, the minimum wage, and then we got promotions and uh, moved on. And, and so our earning power in life changes. Uh, and um, that goes a lot of different ways as well. Um, increases and decreases in our earning ability. Some of us are thinking about how do we invest all of this resource that God has blessed us with? And how do we figure out a way to make sure that our children have, have some of these things that, um, all of those things. And finally, um, of the categories that, um, well, no, there are a couple of categories that I want to uh, 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 challenge us to think about. Family roles. At some point, you probably start out as a single person. Uh, I should say probably. You, you didn't come here married, so you do start out as a single person. Um, some of us uh, uh, get married. Uh, some of us become parents. Some of us be, uh, become grandparents. Some of us, even in this process, become dependents. That is, other people have to kind of care for us and take care of us. Some of us become caretakers. That is, we have people that we, loved ones, that we have a responsibility for providing for their welfare and, 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 and taking care of them. And then that kind of um, takes us to the final category. Oh, well, yeah, the final categories. Um, family relations. Um, what is our profile of loved ones, those that are close to us? When we were very young, maybe it was our mother and our father and maybe our brother or sister, but as life goes on, we 
that expands, uh, well, it may, but at any rate, I want us to think about the changes and what is the profile of those that we love and hold dear and, and consider in our life very um, close to us, relatives. Uh, I was thinking about family relations. I was thinking about the whole challenge of moving household that um, uh, some of you have probably experienced that recently, and you realize that moving household is a huge change. You have to pick up your roots from one place and start planting roots somewhere else. You have to kind of sort through all of the possessions that you have, or, uh, and that's a change. I was thinking in terms of family relations, living arrangements, some people have blended families in which they had one family that's united with another family and when they got married, the, the, the families have to see themselves as, a, as an entity, a single family, um, but, but, but from different kind of sources, if you will. And then I think of the final change that I'm going to at least uh, challenge you to think about are the storms of life. And by that I mean as much as we would uh, want life to be calm and easy and move forward in a planned and consistent way, the truth of the matter is many of us experience storms, disruptions. Uh, we were going along and everything was right. And then all of a sudden my employer closed down, moved to Asia, and I don't even have a job. Or all kinds of things. Uh, my wife and I were doing well, and she became very ill. And I had to change my, my job so I could take care of her. All kinds of disruptions in the expected pattern of which way you're going. Uh, chronic sickness, sometimes even loss of loved ones, death, is sometimes experienced by some as a storm of life. Now, some people go through the process of losing loved ones very easily, but sometimes it's quite disruptive and quite a, a talk about a bump in the road, it's a real pothole for, for some people. And some people go through that and don't recover from it. Their life is permanently changed because of their missing or hurting or not resolving issues because of some of those changes. Now, I hope that everyone has at least picked up one or two of these things that are relevant to them, changes in your life. Is anybody in the room that doesn't, that doesn't have thought for themselves, hey, no, you know, that doesn't apply to me. Have we all had changes? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we got a unanimous raising of hands uh, in that. In Proverbs 4.18, the, the scriptures say, this is a scripture that Mike Hayden kind of, um, I don't know, he used to use it a lot. And I really, it really burned a, a spot in my heart. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. And when he used to talk about that, it challenged me to realize that if we are on the path of righteousness, which the Lord confers to all of those that are his, that, that things are going to get better and better and better. Now, 
how do I, re how do I relate that to what we've been talking about? Because we've been talking about potholes, we've been talking about disappointments, we've been talking about <laughs> frustrations, uh, all of these changes, you know, misadjustments. How do we, how do we tie together the truth of this scripture with the reality of our experiences? Well, if you look at that scripture, it says, till the full day. And there is a full day coming. There is a day in which we will be with the Lord Jesus himself. And all of the potholes, all of the disappointments, all of the changes that, well, not all of the changes, but all of the changes that have been disappointments or letdowns to you, they will just wash away in terms of their relevance because we will see Jesus. We will forever be with him. So that scripture is very true. Even though our experience might say, man, this doesn't look like the sun getting brighter. This kind of looks like, you know, we can come up with our own conclusions. Well, um, so there are a lot of these common experiences that we all have as we change and grow and develop in life that might not on their surface seem to conform to the truth of that scripture, but be encouraged, that scripture is true. Now, um, some of the changes, um, here are some of the, you know, I've, we talked about changes and we said you could respond to changes in a lot of ways, sometimes very positively. Very good, and I hope that most of the changes that you go through, you say, man, I'm so much better to be a senior than when I was middle-aged. Oh, that's kind of impractical, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe so, but you know, but you know, well, Paul talked about that, didn't he? He said something about the, the physical body is wasting away, but didn't he talk about the, the spiritual body is getting stronger every day? So, you know, there's a, a way in which that is very true. Uh, but what I'm saying is, the desire, the, the ideal situation, is that as we go through changes, they'll get better and better and we'll feel better good about them. But the reality is that sometimes as we go through changes, if we don't respond to them appropriately, they become distractions from the things of God. We get another job and we get more resources the job has more demands, so we say, well, uh, things of God, I got a good job right now, so I'll pick you up later on. But in the meanwhile, I got to pursue this career goal that I have or, or this income producing kind of initiative that I'm on. You know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, because uh, that's why the scriptures talk about don't be bowed down by the cares of this life. You know, there are things that come that that really can distract you from the purposes of God in your life. Sometimes these changes cause a blurring of loss, of focus or priorities. Jesus, only Jesus. You know, we sing, we sing songs like that. But then sometimes we get caught into the changes of life and we say, well, Jesus on Sunday, that'll work. Or, uh, 
when, when I need him, I can call him. But, but in the meanwhile, and so our priority just gets kind of hazy or we lose focus many times uh, as, as there's the potential for us losing focus as we go through these changes. Sometimes these changes produce a real challenge of our faith. And we under, we, we, we experience a, a situation where we say, hmm, is God really, is God really with me? Uh, is this thing real? Some people are shaken that much. Now, I hope nobody in here is going through that kind of change that their faith is challenged, but there are varying levels of challenge of faith. And so you say, well, I'm not ready to leave, but I'm not convinced of, God said that, but he said it only, he said that five years ago, you know? So um, some changes are followed by fear and discouragement. Well, I, today's message uh, is, is uh, pretty much a word of encouragement to you. Uh, I was telling you, I started out telling you this story about why I'm up here speaking today. Well, one of the things that we talk about in our Tuesday meetings, let's change back. One of the things we talk about in our Tuesday meeting is um, the administrative kind of things as well. You know, uh, what's our program for next week? For next month, for three months now, Stephen is real good about saying, let's talk about the whole year. And so he lists all these things. And so, man, how can I think about July of 2020? <laughs> but, 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 but those are some of the things that we, we discuss and think about and plan for. Um, we talk about preaching and teaching and meeting schedules. Who's responsible? Who will do? Who will teach this session? Who will preach on this Sunday? And um, we talk also about uh, finances and expenditures of the church, maintenance of the building. All of those things are subjects that happen on our Tuesday meeting. Well, about three months ago, we were having a meeting. And am I doing something wrong here? Okay. Three months ago, we were uh, having such a meeting. And Stephen said, uh, you know, uh, my wife is expected to deliver early June. And we said, well, you need some time off. Uh, and Steve does an excellent job. We should really be thankful to God for, for, for the gift that he's given us in Stephen. And I could tell you, well, that's another sermon. But, but he preaches regularly. And so I've kind of really gotten used to that probably almost too used to it, you know, so much so that he said, well, you know, I'm going to be off. And David said, well, let's talk about, well, David took on three weeks and then uh, Abe brought us a word last week. But three months ago, Stephen said, well, Jerry, why don't maybe on, June, on the 7th of July, why don't you preach? And uh, I'm one of the elders. So I said, oh yeah, I will. But I didn't tell you that. Uh, when am I going to say to people? Uh, because I kind of felt like I ought to have this revelation that you've never heard of before, and I'm going to tell you on Jul July the 7th. And that will encourage you. 
because you learned something that you didn't know before that, well, I see. I, I can do this. And, 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 and one of the things about it, I'll, I'll talk loud enough to Gene, you hear me whether this is on that. Um, and so um, I started saying things like, man, the Lord's given us this tremendous preaching talent in Stephen and David. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't have seminary degrees. And, and, and you know, when, when little thoughts start, if you don't deal with them appropriately, they grow. And so then I said, oh, man, i got to speak on July 7th. Lord, do you have anything to say? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Notwithstanding, I think sometimes, you know, I've been called a knucklehead. I think the Lord would have had to almost break a ceiling to, but, but nonetheless, I didn't, I really didn't have anything. I said, what can I, he said, just bring a word of encouragement to the family. Well, I kept thinking and something came into my heart. I will be with you. And that's applicable to that situation of my reluctance to want to get up and preach. But the word was, I will be with you. And I said, but wait a minute. That's too simple. Everybody in the room knows the Lord says, I will be with you. Does anybody not know that? You know, everybody knows that. But that's the word of God. That's the word of God to us today. And let me reinforce it by this scripture. In Exodus, the third chapter, starting out with the first verse, everybody seems to probably knows the story of Moses and the burning bush. But I'm going to read about 12 verses and then say a few little things. And then my wife told me, do not, do not stay up there too long. So. <laughs> now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I'll turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Then he said, Do not come near. Take off the sandals of your feet, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, 
I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Out of that scripture, the Lord spoke to me. Uh, and there are a couple of little points that I want you to understand out of that scripture. Uh, let me get my, make sure my notes are right here. A word of encouragement is what the Lord has to say, not what we have to say. And Moses, as soon as he heard what the Lord wanted to do, he started thinking about, man, I'm not a good speaker. I don't have an army. Suppose Pharaoh just says, hey, off with his head. That went out of the range of possibilities. And, and those were real. I mean, they weren't, Moses didn't make them up. They were based upon his real experience. But you know what God, how God responded? He said, I will be with you. Um, just so that this is a word of encouragement. I want everybody in here to say, I will be with you. That's the word of us. That's the word of God to us today. Now I have uh, uh, a little bit more, so I got to start talking fast now. Um, there's a scripture in second Corinthians 12, nine talking about the strength of the Lord is made perfect in weakness. When we confess to the Lord that we are weak, then he is strong and he is able to show himself strong on our behalf. So that the word of encouragement, I will be with you, even though that term is so commonly used in church and in our circles that we almost kind of push it aside. Hmm. He said, I'll be with you. But I want you to know that as people who have bowed the knee to Jesus Christ, I will be with you is more immediate than just a statement out there. It means that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself will be with us. That is, the scriptures let us know he is in us. Mm. Everybody knows that. But let me just uh, uh, say a few things about that. You know, Abe talked about abiding in the vine. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll be very fruitful. You know, the Lord can abide in you. And sometimes, even him abiding in you, you don't give him the proper place. Here's the way I can explain that. If you invited someone into your home to be your guest, but you said, Stephen, come and be in my home, but I have a little room in the back. I'd like you to stay in that room. Don't come out of that room. Oh, you could come out when we have meals, and if you need to use the restroom, you can, but stay in that room, please. You say, that's ridiculous. Nobody would do that. But do you know what? Many times we do that with the Holy Spirit. He's abiding in us. 
the presence of God is in us. But we say, Holy Spirit, I got a decision to make right now. Would you stay in that room? Would you wait until I make this decision? And then maybe I can call you out to kind of help me, you know, extricate myself from this error that I've made. No. Him abiding with us means that my brother-in-law used to have a statement of, oh, well, he got it from his Spanish class when he was young. Mi casa, su casa. You know, my house is your house. And when we come to his house, he'd say, mi casa, su casa. You know, what does that mean? He says, while you're here, you have access to all that I have. And that's the attitude that we ought to have with the Holy Spirit of God, who abides with us. Not, you, you know what? He doesn't come and go. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So once he's in there, he's there. It's up to us not to push him off to certain kinds of... Now, I, I confess that I had done that whole thing. Because the whole anxiety about not coming up to speak was based upon, well, the Lord is with me. I'm, but I don't... Here's my little room. I don't have a revolutionary, new, spectacular idea to tell anybody. But the Lord says, I am with you. So I want us to be encouraged by that fact. There are a whole lot of people. I have, I, I got more notes than, I, than I'm going to, that I'm, that I'm going to cover today. But my notes said, if you didn't believe that um, it meant a lot to Moses, look at the story of Jacob. And Jacob, when he was told by the Lord to leave Laban, he said, the Lord told him, I will be with you. And the benefits of him being with him is that he, he had protection, he had success, he prospered in everything that he did. Joshua, he told, I will never leave you or forsake you. That was the promise that God made to him. I will be with you. And David, we hear in the story of David, and the Lord is with him. And you know the story of David and the success that he had. Uh, he used to sometimes just play that little instrument and, 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 and drive the, well, he drove the devil out of, out of Saul because Saul was taken over by this evil spirit. But that wasn't all. He was anointed to be a king. The Lord was with him. And the Lord protected him, gave him success, well, carried out the carried out part of the promise of the scriptures even because the Lord was with him. Now, I don't have any account of these three people saying that I have the Holy Spirit residing in me because the Lord would come and empower them. But we have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. He is in our house. If you understand that, Here's how I want the word of God to change us, that we have an increased awareness of his presence in our life so that we could draw on him to carry out his purposes for his glory in all of our life, not just the times when we, you know, we always call on the Lord when we're in, in, in deep trouble. But we need to let him out of that little room so that he has full full access to all of us.
So I'm going to close this with a prayer that the Lord would increasingly open our eyes to see that the Lord is with us. He'll never leave us. And the presence of his spirit in us is all we need. Amen. All right? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. And we thank you for the promises that you've made to never leave us or forsake us, that you are with us, Father. And so, Lord, we want to be encouraged. We, we, we want to step forward in the reality of the truth of your word, Lord. Let us be your people who benefit by your promises and your word and not ignore them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let me say this last thing. We went through this long list of changes. If you picked one or more of these changes, I want you to apply this word to that. As you go through this change, remember, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Amen. Amen.